everybody, and welcome back to Equestrian. I'm Annie, and I'm here with my co-host, Caroline, and today we're going to talk a little bit about resources. I'm so excited for today because everybody knows that if you're going to have horses, you have to be rich, and we're going to talk about that today. Caroline, are you rich? Um, I feel like I'm emotionally rich. I feel like I'm emotionally rich too, but are you financially rich? No. Yeah, me neither. Unless I've just been living like a horrible joke my entire life. And <laughs> one day it's going to be like, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that day is sooner rather than later. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're waiting for the balloons to show up at your front door. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, those people that are, like, they just win the lottery or they have, like, a rich uncle who died. They never knew. But I digress. Um, one of the things that we wanted to talk about today and focus on today is you kind of, like, everybody kind of has, like, a vague notion or people will say, like, oh, yeah, you've got horses. Oh, they're really expensive. Which, like, let's be honest, they are. Um, and I, I think in any respect, they definitely – uh, I guess it count for more discretionary spending than just like standard life. Um, but we really wanted to focus on today was discussing how you pay for all this and how you can make a little go a long way and um, perceive needs versus actual needs. And I'm super excited about this podcast because it's so like near and dear to my heart. And kind of focusing on the fact that there are well, we've kind of broke it down into two ways to achieving excellence or quality through resources or through hard work and education. And obviously, many successful folks implement both paths. But if you don't have the financial backing and resources that you wish you had, hard work and education is still well within your grasp. And it's how we have achieved the small amount of success that we have achieved thus far and how we continue being successful. And even if it's not success, just your ability to maintain in this industry, I think that you can do it in a really uh, functional manner without having to be flush with cash. Uh, I think that that always helps. Um, and it's definitely, you know, the easier path if you're like, well, you know, I need a new horse and I just had like a spare six figures laying around. So I bought one. But at the same time, I think everybody knows like that person at the barn that has plenty of resources, but you look at them and you see that they've bought like 20 colorful pads and matching polo sets, but have they really invested it in a way that they're going to get their biggest return on their investment? Have they bought educational books or DVDs or are they going to clinics or do they have... I don't know, do they have, are, have they been spending it on alternative therapies for their horse? Or is it really just like the outfits and the polos and the pads? And I think that speaks to a really important part, which I think goes into um, identifying what your limiting factors are. And are they a perceived limiting factor or are they an actual limiting factor? Because feeling like your stuff isn't fancy feeling like your trailer isn't big enough, those would be what I would consider a perceived limiting factor. Um, 
for the most part, do they actually impede your ability to achieve your goals within this industry? That's what I consider an actual resource-related uh, limiting factor, which every problem has a built-in solution. So, okay, first thing, I'm going to separate, like, shoot, man, like, my trailer is not as fancy as Sally Sue's. I wish I looked cooler pulling up to the horse show. Perceived? Realistic. Like, that's a perceived limiting factor. Sure, it would be much cooler to have a trailer, but are you less likely to be successful because you don't have that? Right. Of course not. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's important right off the bat is just to separate things, two categories. Is this actually limiting me or is it just something that I wish I had or I think is limiting me? So is there an example... um... Like, I think it would be really cool to come up with a, and I, cause I think one of the things that we have the, between the two of us, because we haven't grown up with, you know, piles of cash. Funded horse projects (laughs) on a a huge level. Um, But that we've gotten really good at creative problem solving. So can you think of any problems that you've creatively solved in your childhood or in your past? Um to achieve a goal yeah absolutely so I think um you know like we talked about a second ago about like identifying what your limiting factors are okay I've identified the fact that I you know I can't afford to go and take two riding lessons a week I I just can't, I can't do that. I don't have the extra money to pay for my horse or my board or their feed or this, that, and the other. And then also put a couple hundred dollars a month into education. Okay. Well, you may not be able to do that, but here are two instant solutions. Solution number one, if you have the available time, you can go to a trainer and offer to work for them in exchange for a lesson. You can go and be a working student. You can be a training assistant. You can offer to muck stalls for somebody in in exchange for physical hands-on education. Absolutely. And, you know, if you don't have the ability to go and do that, one thing that is so prevalent now that Annie and I didn't really have growing up is, and I always think of this as one of my favorite, like, trivia facts that has just, like, mind-blowing perspective. The cell phone in your pocket is more powerful and has more information on it than the computer that literally took man to the moon. Mm -hmm. What do you use it for? Are you using it for Facebook or Instagram two hours a day? What could you be doing with that two hours a day on YouTube? There are literally every factoid, every training tip, every tool that you could ever conceivably need to learn is on your cell phone somewhere. So find it. When you're, you know, driving in your car, Find a podcast by a reputable trainer and listen to it. If you're ironing, I always watch YouTube videos while I iron. I'm like, all right, what do I want to learn today? You know, while everybody's right now um, dealing with the coronavirus shelter in place, what can you do at this time? Can you watch Tiger King or can you get on YouTube and be like, you know, I'm having a really hard time with this, this, and this with my horse. How do I solve that problem for free? For literally zero dollars. Yeah, this time, especially now that people are forced to shelter in place a bit more, kind of throughout the world, 
this is such an awesome time. You're seeing some like really top trainers that no longer have shows to go to on the weekends. And so people are posting a ton on Facebook, Instagram, all kinds of social media. And it's so valuable. Absolutely. And then, you know, so, so there's the knowledge, you know, free knowledge right there. Is that your limiting factor? Is that what you perceive is holding you back? Boom. Solution. Okay. What if it's your, you know, what if it's your equipment, you know, simple stuff, trade with somebody, barter with somebody. Right now I am working up a plan to barter with my, my horse needs regular, which is, I mean, I wish uh, that I was bartering it for my personal self, um, massage, acupressure, myofascial release and Reiki treatments. Do I want to lay out a hundred dollars a week for that? No. Is it really within my like financial wheelhouse? Is that would be the best allocation of my funds at this point in time? Probably not. But do I want her to get it? Absolutely. So I'm going to figure out a way to do it. I'm going to say, hey, what can I do to help you? Can I put a schooling ride on your horse, you know, uh, a couple of times a week? What can I do so that I can get the service and not have to pay for it? That's a really great point because I feel like the barter is where I've lived my life. Kind of as I grew up and you remember with my backyard my literal backyard situation that I had growing up I didn't have the resources to care for horses in my backyard or to fund it but I figured everything out I I knew what I wanted and I knew what I needed and I figured out how to make it work yeah you yeah. identified what you and actually I had needed. a part-time job for and... the money that the things that I couldn't barter I had a job to spend money on and the things that I could barter I bartered like I would ride a woman's horses, the woman that was my hay supplier, I would ride her horses a couple of times a week in exchange for free hay. So yeah, there's usually always a way to creatively find a solution. And you can usually find a need that that person has. Um, Like both of my horses I've, I've purchased or come across through just putting in the effort and being there and being a great home for the horses. And I've ultimately, I, I did pay for both of them, but I think I paid significantly less than if I were like, you know, just a Joe Schmo buyer off of the street. It was all through like sweat yeah. equity essentially. Which I think speaks to what you were just talking about earlier. Like, okay, so if your horse is your limiting factor, you don't have a nice enough horse. You don't have a horse that has a potential to get you where you need to go first, use free education and free training and free conditioning and all of those sorts of things that you can do to make sure that that's the case. And if it truly is, then bust your behind to learn about confirmation and movement and bloodlines and performance. There is always a diamond in the rough out there to mm-hmm. be found. They're not all diamonds in Absolutely. the rough, but if you're willing to put in the work, you can find one, Absolutely. you know, you can find somebody who bought something really nice and got pregnant and needs to get rid of it. You can find something that, okay, so maybe it's not a three or four year old. Maybe it's a six or seven or year maybe old. Maybe it's just sitting out to pasture and it's got no training and it's just sitting there. No one knows if it's going to buck you off on the first go. And they're like, yeah, well, that was like my mare. You know, she went to the trainer at a two-year-old and got started and then came home and sat in a broodmare pasture for seven years. Like, just like my horse too. Exactly. Like, you know, you can, you can find it. If you identify that as your weakness, figure out a way to solve it, figure out a way. Which I don't know if I ever told you this, but Lily, literally when I went to go, so Caroline started her 
I rode her for a bit in college. Then she sat while I went away and had my first job. I remember and then this. <laughs> I had the opportunity to buy her. And then I came back and I was like, eh, it'd be kind of smart to ride her one more time before I buy her. But she'd been sitting in a field for many years. I went and got on her and she bucked me off the first time. And I was like, so. <laughs> I ended up with my horse too from a, a watching somebody ride her for a sale test run and being like, oh my gosh, that was a disaster. <laughs> yeah, I can't in good conscience let this horse go to you. <laughs> right. And being like, well, uh, what's the solution here? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's always about identifying what your limiting factors are. Are they realistic? And then figuring out a way to, to solve that problem. You know, if your horse, did your horse have an injury and you feel like you can't rehab them in uh, maybe the most like technologically advanced way? Well, from a service provision you know, area, like I talked about, is there a service provider in your area that you trust that you can barter with? Is there, you know, okay, so you might not have a, you know, a $2,800 game ready system, but you know what you can do that's very similar to that? Cold water and a hose is free. You know, you can, people have been rehabbing horses for hundreds of years and for decades in a performance capacity. And we've only had a lot, some of this crazy technology for, you know, the last 15, 20 or so years. So it can be done. Absolutely. You know, just, it, it may not be as easy. It may not be as fast, Absolutely. but if you work hard and you educate yourself, you can figure out a way to do that. You know, it's it's doable. I've had people come up to me and um, think that I've spent a ton of money on my horse and say something like, oh, well, I, you know, it's different for me because I can't afford to spend what you've spent on your horse. And I was like, I've got news for you. I spent like five grand on my horse and I took out a loan. I didn't even have it. Like the, where there's a will, there's yeah. a way. And you can create something beautiful out of nothing. You just have to be. Absolutely. You have to know what you want to create. You have to see the vision and you have to put in the hard work and the effort. And which I think comes back to also, you have to, you have to be intentional. If you, let's say you're like, oh man, I can't, I can't buy a horse with Olympic potential. Okay. Well, do you want to go to the Olympics? Is that truly on your goal sheet? If it is, figure out a way to get there. If it's not, that's not a limiting factor. You don't need that horse. Or so many people be like, man, I wish I had a 1D barrel horse. Okay, well, could you ride it? Absolutely. And if the answer is no, then you don't need that horse. So figure out a way to make yourself desirable, either through education as a rider, to be able to capitalize on a horse like that when the opportunity finds you, or from a, like we talked about earlier, a breeding, a training, a confirmation, a movement, make yourself a master of that so that you can see the potential in something that's a bargain and Absolutely. you know what you're looking for. It's kind of very similar to um, like if you decided to buy a used car, you kind of narrow in on what make and model you want, what year you want. You do a ton of research and you think about... Um, you know, which years have problems with which issues. You kind of know what price range yeah. is good for you. And then when you see the deal pop up on Craigslist or on Facebook or however you people buy used cars these days, you're like, that's a good deal. I'm going to jump on it. It's the same thing. You have to know right. the market. You have to know specifically what you're And identify for. what suits your lifestyle. If you don't know how to drive a Ferrari and you don't need a Ferrari, don't shop for one. Yeah. 
totally. You know what I mean? Like, would it be cool to have a Ferrari? I'm sure. But is it practical and suitable to your life? Probably not. If it is, and that's what your goal is, great. But you can't have a perceived deficit about something that isn't even, when you put it down on paper and actually break it down, isn't pertinent to your life. But people do that all the time. They're like, they sit back and they think about what they're lacking. And then it, but if you actually break it down, like, is what you're lacking actually that big of a deal? Yeah, it's really an excuse to to give yourself permission to not have to work hard and move forward. That is, that's the million dollar statement of today. So, um, but yeah, so I guess it kind of boils down to like, what are your limiting factors? How can you solve them? Can you barter? Can you educate yourself? Can you put in a little extra hard work? You know, can you trade off time with a trainer? There are ways, if nothing else, can you come up with some sort of a side hustle? Can you get certified in something you know, for a little bit of money that you can then utilize with your horse or use on your friend's horses that can offset the expenses of your horses. You know, there's a way, if you know, which I think speaks to what we'll talk about next time, if you know what your goals are and you know what are the true limiting factors to you achieving your goals, you can figure out a way to circumvent them. Absolutely. I think that one thing that's really been helpful in my process is sometimes I give myself free permission to... Um, like word vomit or brainstorm and I write down all of these things that I want or hope to achieve and I put no limit on it and I give myself just like a couple of minutes and I say like I'm gonna write everything down that I want to achieve and nothing is ridiculous and then I go back through and look at it and I see and then I start to kind of look at it with a more analytical brain and I think, how can I take a step towards that goal? That seems really big right now, but how can I break it down and reasonably this week, today, tomorrow, this month, take a step towards that What goal? might limit me and how can I chip away at that limitation? Right. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's kind of what we're asking people right now is to write down what your limiting factors are and then write down how can you take creative problem solving steps towards solving that goal without the resources that you obviously know that you lack? So there's a, there's a, right. where there's a will, there's a way. And what do you want? How do you get it? You can solve that problem. It's just a matter of how. Absolutely. And that's both mine and Annie's mantras are so similar in that respect. You know, you're so strong and so good at what do you want? How are you going to get it? How are you going to figure out a way to get it? And I'm, you know, I very much, you know, think that and I think like, okay, what do I have to do to prepare for an opportunity? How am I going to capitalize on this? And those two things together, I mean, there are people, I'm not saying that it's, it's, you know, any easier or any harder than just writing a check. But I think it also helps you keep a realistic balance in your life, too. And I don't want to get into this rabbit hole, but like there are a lot of people that are bankrupt and unhappy in the horse world. And it's maybe because they spent too much time chasing resources that didn't align with their goals. Or, you know, they, and they're kind of like the keeping up with the Joneses type of thing. And they didn't have a good plan. Or, you know, it was, it's sometimes it's easier to write a check than it is to put in the hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't accomplish the same things. Mm-hmm. So in summary, we're talking about having a lack of resources, creative problem mm-hmm. solving around that lack of resources, and 
do you have to be rich to own horses? Do you have to be rich to compete? Do you have to be rich to do this with a level of quality? And I think that's kind of like the, the overall plug that we were talking about is, is there a correlation between finances and quality? Well, yes, but also no. You know, it, you can buy quality outright, yeah. but you can work for it and you can create it and you can build towards the same degree of quality with a little bit more education and a little bit more hard work. That was what I was going to get to. Education and hard work seem to be the solution to almost every problem. Absolutely. And then you never know. Maybe some wonderful millionaire is looking for a rider. And if you're just like sitting at home bummed because you don't have the fanciest trailer, rather than getting out there hustling, showing what kind of rider you can be and what you can do with limited resources, you may never be ready to capitalize on that opportunity if it comes your way. That's very true. Um, So what we might do in conjunction on our Instagram page over the next couple of days is we'll share uh, some of these little tidbits. We'll share some uh, kind of prompts, I guess, for what we've discussed in this podcast. And then uh, I would love to hear examples of how you guys have saved money or how you overcame a financial obstacle in the horse world. Um, and just kind of your creative problem solving. We would love to hear from you about that, uh, either on our Instagram page um, or on our email. And if you remember from last time, you can find us on Instagram at equestrian, and that's E-Q-U-E-S-T-R-I-E-N-N-E underscore podcast. But yeah, the moral of the story, we would super love to hear from you guys. Uh, give us a five-star rating. Pretty please leave us a comment. Uh, We just really want to hear some engagement, what you think, what you'd like us to talk about, what you liked, what you didn't like, um, topic suggestions. Um, So yeah, feel free to give us a rating. We are officially live on Google Play, Apple, and Spotify, which is pretty exciting. All right. But, uh, oh, and our email is equestrianpodcast.outlook.com. And stay tuned for next time. We're going to talk about goal setting. And this is something that Caroline, this is kind of how Caroline and I got started on this podcast is we are crazy, crazy goal setters. And one of the cool things is my husband is not nearly as compulsively like hyper about all the stuff that I am. And I made him do a goal sheet in, uh, I think I made him do it every year, but I think he still has his goal sheet from 2016. And it was like his goals for work, his goals for golf, and his goals for our relationship, and his goals for like home ownership. And he found it the other day and brought it to me. And he was like, look, I've achieved everything that I put on my 2016 goal sheet. And I was like, look at you. We are married. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I know. I have to frame that. Yeah, you should. But... Put it in your leopard print wall. Yes. Coming soon. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next episode, goal setting. We'll see y'all later. Adios. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.